Hello, uh, this this is Joe Marco Cerezi. Um, uh, today's episode is a, a, a special episode. It's not, no, it's it's more of a less, it's a not special episode. <laughs> what happened was, uh, when this podcast began, um, we set our first recording date, and we had uh, my, my good friend, stand-up comedian, Jay Jordan, but uh, then Russell... The, the like couple days before his his wife was in a in a room with someone with coronavirus and got contact traced and even though he had had it like a month before and they were antibodies we just we just we just played it safe and uh so this is technically the real first episode of the downside but later I was like you know we should do it with Russell as the first one get people used to it I don't know you know I I shouldn't I shouldn't put this out this is a mistake for me to do you should wait a year before you release, you know, a uh, uh, quote-unquote special episode where really you're just recording some shit you couldn't use before. But the problem is Jay and I talk about vaccines and coronavirus, and I'm I'm just – I'm worried that coronavirus is, is going away too fast. And, uh, you know, it's uh, – uh, we just got to get it out now. So give me a fucking break. It's still funny. And uh, everything makes sense. So this is Jay Jordan, stand-up comedian Jay Jordan, and that's why Russell is not there. Russell is is fine. He is vaccinated, and we're going to be back uh, uh, next Tuesday with a with a very special guest. I'm very excited. Of course, you could cancel, and I could regret this immensely. It's all good. I'm doing my best here. Also, uh, join the Patreon. I don't think I have any subscribers yet, but I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't ask for more money when I'm putting out this shit so listen this is fun don't get me wrong I'm, I'm, I'm this is my brand to shit on things this is a fun episode you're gonna enjoy it so uh please enjoy uh me and the fantastic jay jordan the downside one two three downside. you're listening to the downside, the downside. with john marco cerezi Hello, everyone. Welcome to, I think this is the the first episode of The Downside with Jamarco Cerezi. A perfect way to start the podcast. Normally, I would have a co-host, my friend Russell Daniels, but uh, his uh, his his wife was uh, reached out by, first time I've heard about this, like, reached out by a contact tracer, said she was in a space with someone with COVID, so we're not going to be together right now. And, you know, it's uh, it's really, you know, you see coronavirus on the news all the time, but when it really affects you personally when it takes out the co-host for the premiere episode of your podcast you're like damn i think this shit is serious i am very fortunate though because uh my my first guest is also a, a good friend of mine and uh will will help uh pull the the load uh th- welcome to my buddy uh, stand-up comedian uh, actor you've seen him on the let's see how many of your credits i know you've seen him on the tonight show I almost said Jay Leno. Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. You've seen him on Comedy Central. You've seen him on uh, HBO. Uh, what's the? It's drugs. Uh, 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 high up. High maintenance. High maintenance. Thank you. Please uh, welcome my guest today, good buddy, Mr. Jay Jordan. Welcome, Jay. Woo! Yay! Thank you. Only a little bit of charades to get that final HBO credit, which, much to their, much to their credit. The residuals 
have been coming in. I'm very excited for that. The I think I've gotten like five residual checks that were forwarded from my old apartment to my new apartment since 2021 started. So thank you, HBO and High Maintenance, even though the show is canceled. Uh, yes. Do you think it's your fault? No, because my episode was just nominated for a WGA award. Your so it definitely wasn't my fault. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, that makes me feel like shit. So look, Jay, <laughs> this is a this is a celebration of negativity. So I guess I should start it with how are you? I'm doing okay. Mm. I am very much in the middle, kind of vacillating between the very personal and small things that are going all right and the big national things that are going terrible. Like America or the world? See, you say that. And I'm selfish enough to say, I just want the vaccine. And America's incompetence is stopping me from getting it fast enough. Now, do you think you're going to, okay, someone reached out to me and they told me, they said, hey, I work at a homeless shelter occasionally. And now to be fair to them, they did this already. Oh, but okay. Because they work at a homeless shelter, they get the, they're allowed to get the vaccine early. And mm -hmm. they said to me, uh, they said, you know, you could just work there for one lunch shift and get the vaccine. And, you know, I I decided no, because I don't want to help the homeless even for an hour. Uh, <laughs> I, no, I, I felt I felt like ah, I don't want it felt icky. Um, I, I am, I'm lucky. I'm a healthy boy. I do think if I had like some health issues, I would totally do it. So I don't feel very judgy of people mm -hmm. conning the system because it's so flawed. Are you not, you're not in a protected group? No, I'm a stand-up comedian. I, I'm pretty healthy. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, I have, I had a friend, I had a friend, she works at a restaurant and she posted a picture of her getting the vaccine. And I guess people were giving her flack. And, but then you see articles about, you know, the fact someone left a case on the side of the road and it went yeah. bad. And you're like, fuck it, just inject it into whoever I is want, there. I want the Hooters girls to get the vaccine. That's Most definitely. They the deal with a lot of anti-maskers, probably. Of, oh, yes. Hooters, Hooters specifically. <laughs> you could get it as a personal trainer. There was a woman in L.A. Uh, she was in her 50s and she got in a lot of trouble. I, maybe you saw that she was a soul cycle instructor. So, oh, I, I saw the article. I am good Twitter friends with the person who revealed that soul cycle instructors were getting like getting the vaccine. Alex, when he tweeted about it. she, uh, he, uh, Alex, they, they're the one who busted them? Well, he was the person that made it kind of blow up on gay Twitter. And everyone was like, are you are you serious? And I was like. I believe that. I definitely believe that if someone who works in the fitness industry has the ability to get the vaccine, they're going to do it. Sure. But I think it's fine. I mean, they're teaching. They're doing shit. Their jobs put them at risk. And so I feel fine. I don't know. Uh, do we want to be honest with the podcast and also let people know that you have a vested interest in people that teach cycling classes because you are related to one? Sure, or do we just want to forego No, no, there you go. I was integrity? so scared. I was like, what the fuck are you about to say? And I was like, oh, my sister. Yeah, fuck my sister. My sister, uh, she is a, 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 a dancer in LA, which is a polite way of saying she's a soul cycle instructor. Not a soul cycle. <laughs> she's been doing... Uh, <laughs> No, I love her very much, and uh, I'm very proud of her. She she started teaching spin on the beach, 
it's it's on it's and uh, you know it's uh, even me my my cold hard soul i couldn't help but look at the sunset as i'm cycling and going like this is the most beautiful it's the most beautiful thing you could see and you were a dummy you came back i came back i came back i should have stayed in la um, but you know, I wanted to bring some COVID back from there to New York City. <laughs> How are you doing, dummy? I'm, I'm so fucking, happy I'm that fucking I get terrible. To... I'm fucking terrible. This is the first episode of my podcast. I have done so much work. I have I have uh, a Leif here. I have a producer. I'm so, I, and my co-host calls me an hour before, mm-hmm. and he says, you know, a contact tracer. I've had no one. Uh, I, I, you know, I've heard about contact tracers in South Korea. I've rarely mm-hmm. heard about it here. And, and his wife was reached out. She was she was in a room with someone who had COVID. And even though they had COVID and they had the antibodies, they, uh, uh, you know, he's worried he's a carrier because none of us fucking know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so confusing. You have the, you you know you can have the antibodies, but you could still be a carrier. No one really knows any of this shit. I would have just risked it. I would have said, sure, just come over. But we have my producer here. I'm sure my producer didn't give a fuck. We're all so tired of fucking everything. I'm sh- I'm, sh- I'm sharing hummus with strangers at this point. I'm ready to get back to, to life. But, uh, and of course, I thought we could do it on Zoom. But he doesn't have a fucking mic. So it's a very, you know, I don't know. You, you saw the, the, the Fire Festival documentary, right? Yes. Anyone who creates anything, watch that. And like every project I've ever done, I get how the fire festival happened step by step by step. I've been there and it's just like this podcast. Like I have an image we, we heard earlier. I have a song. The only mm-hmm. thing I don't have is the thing itself. And so I am out here. <laughs> I'm like building this up. I'm telling people oh, about my podcast. That is, that's like the entire premise of a lot of entertainment based things. Exactly. It's, have you ever told someone you're like, oh yeah, I'm thinking of this great idea, and you have everything around? You have a lot of accoutrement, but you have yet to deliver on the actual thing. Like of it's course. a sandwich without any meat. And that's like what you have to do, because because the way the industry works, you have to pitch things all the time. I have like sitcom ideas that you know I could I could pitch the fuck out of it, and I have no idea what the second scene is. Like <laughs> like you know when I sit down, I'm like, oh fuck, and and that's why you see the fire festival, and I'm like. Oh, I see how this happened. I don't know. I, I didn't say this before. This this podcast is actually being co-produced by Ja Rule, and you know we have a lot of plans. But like, I get it. The every concert, every every um, I'm sure Lollapalooza or or Woodstock were all fire festivals that just you know happened to come together. I'm sure people were sucking dick to get water to people for so many concerts. This is just the first time we heard about it. Bonnaroo is still like that. People complain about Bonnaroo recently. They're like, where do I pee? And everyone in Tennessee is like, the woods? Do you go to music festivals? They're nightmares no, to me. No, I'm civilized. I have, I'm have. i in a two bedroom and one of the bedrooms is an office. Do I look like a person <laughs> who goes to music festivals now? And like, I would go, I went to one. I went to one. The only upside I saw, it was like Gnarls Barkley was there. And this is before he slipped ecstasy in a woman's drink, so it was okay to enjoy him. And uh, it was Red Hot Chili Pepper. He's still on TV. How is C-Lo? he still on CeeLo? CeeLo Green, uh, Green's lawyers, please don't come for this initial episode of yes, the podcast. alleged. Do yeah. I have to say alleged? Alleged, alleged, alleged. So it was him, Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Who. But it was so crowded. It was, And I was with everyone who was on Oxy, Oxy 
Oxycontin except for me. Like that, they weren't on Oxy. They were on Molly. They're on Molly. They People, listen. This was a friend of mine. She was on whatever was in the bottle. This is someone who just put pills into their mouth. It blows my mind. No one was taking back medication that they prescribed to like <laughs> coal miners in West Virginia at a concert. I could never. I I have Ambien prescribed Ambien, and I break the pill. It's ten milligrams, which is like a reasonable amount. But I mm -hmm. will break the pill because I'm scared of the 10 milligrams. So I will like break this tiny pill to take three milligrams of Ambien. And I'm scared that's how I'm going to die. Do you have to tie yourself down so you don't sleepwalk and stuff? No, thank God. I've heard some scary stories, but I don't think I'm a sleepwalker. I'm dating someone with night terrors. And <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you. Marco, that's a terrible thing to call uh, when you guys have sex. <laughs> <laughs> it is i'm not a good sleeper to begin with and like here's here's how it goes right now uh she goes to sleep earlier than me she falls asleep more easily and i, I have to read to go to sleep so i'm reading and he then means she, twitter everyone he's not talking <laughs> about books i'm reading i am i check it every two pages and so <laughs> so she's sleeping like this and then i'm just reading and she just goes oh, oh, and i and at this point i don't even look at her i just go it's fine it's fine it's fine it's okay. It's okay. And suddenly she'll stand up all the way. She'll go, "Oh my god!" And I'm and and it's it's very traumatizing. And the thing is, she doesn't remember any of it. And I think that she's doing it more than I even know she's doing it. But it happens when I'm asleep too. I don't remember it. I wake up in the morning. I've slept for nine hours. I feel like fucking shit. And I bet it's because she's waking up every thirty minutes. And she told me last night, she was like, I'm so sorry. I, she said, I'm so sorry I, I screamed at you because my earrings fell off the nightstand. And I had no idea what she was talking about. So it must mean she screamed at me. I woke up. I don't remember it. And I'm only getting 30 minutes of sleep with this woman. I'm, and there's there's a little bit of snoring. There's a lot of sleep problems going on. And I didn't come to the end? table with a good sleep pattern to begin with. Do you snore? I don't think so. What Do I need to ask, like, the world? I can't ask you. You're not a verified source. No, on you that. you can ask you can ask her. But if she dares to complain about my <laughs> snoring, if she dares, getting ready. Oh to text my god! Right now. Wait, are you you and uh, you and your partner? Is that yes. the term you use? Boyfriend or partner? Uh, boyfriend sounds juvenile, but partner sounds law firmy. So you know, see, partner to me boyfriend. does not. Partner to me sounds like uh, you do Molly on the weekends. Partner to me sounds like you do orgies as well. Oh, that used to be the case. Not full on orgies. I mean, sort of. What's your orgy number? What's the, what's the, is it after five? When it's after Jay, four hey, people, Jay, it's not, a foursome. I'm a regular person. I don't have an orgy number, okay? If I, if I, if somehow I was in a room with three other people having sex, that's, a, that's an orgy. I'm not like, oh, this isn't quite an orgy. It needs that's to be just five. just a foursome though. Just get the fuck out of here. Get no, I, it's a foursome. What's, what's the biggest orgy you've ever been in? <laughs> What's the biggest, what's the, okay, let's see, um, like full on, like knowing like group funny, funny stuff was happening? Penetration. Uh, but like, how, in there like a room, I've seen 10 people, I've seen a room where like people started hooking up and then you're like, there's a lot of people in there. And then you go inside to check and see what's happening. And then you're, you're, you're in at that point. If you poke your head in and say, what's going on here? That's how it works. I could see poking my head in. You poke your head and you're like, oh, I guess I'm joining in this. I poke my head. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're like, oh, hello. Room for one more. It's your room. 
I don't. I uh, truly. You're you're talking like from a different planet than the life that I live. If I walked in my room and there were two people having sex, that means someone broke into my apartment. <laughs> Um, okay, so so let's get to no, normally uh, I would then get to my special guest. You are my guest. I've been using you as an example for when I pitch this podcast to people. You grew up now. Forgive me. It's Mississippi, correct? Yes. So I, I, yes, I grew up in Mississippi. So I say my idea was like I would go to you and I say you know this podcast is called the downside, and I would say okay, Jay Jordan, you're a uh, what are are there any downsides to growing up as a bisexual black man? in mississippi and i'm left-handed um, and you're left-handed <laughs> uh, yeah there there are a couple i can think of a few i think the biggest downside to growing up in mississippi for anyone is that whenever you leave people constantly remind you that you came from a racist place mississippi is a placeholder for the racism that everyone else doesn't think exists in their state because New York has its own Mississippi and Alabama. It's Long sure. Island, like it, you, yeah, and Staten yeah. Island. So it's very. What's the stereotype? Is is Alabama to me in my mind? I guess like Mississippi is more racist. Alabama's more incesty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I would argue that Mississippi and Alabama because there's no clear geographical marker between the two. Like the state line on the eastern side of Mississippi and the western side of Alabama is imaginary. It's like not, there's not a river. So culturally, there's a lot of intermixing. I would say that Alabama has has a few like things over Mississippi. Like they have two bigger cities. They are seen as like a football powerhouse. They have a couple of things that make people go, oh, okay. So Alabama is definitely like 48, 47. Whereas sure. people instantly put Mississippi in that 49, 50 slot. Sure, sure. So, like, what is, is it obnoxious? Do you get to a point where you're like, stop making us a punching? Yeah, because I want to use those jokes. So I'm selfish. But then, sure, <laughs> it's, sure. It's primarily when people don't extrapolate that towards the rest of the country. Because Mississippi is like the home of the blues, so then technically it's like the grandfather of like rock and roll and all kind of pop music variants that are popular now. Mississippi is the birthplace of Oprah and Brandy Norwood, and I, I don't. It's like a, it's a, it's a fun place to make fun of. It's a funny word. It helps people instantly cue in on like what racism is. But when people tell you that Mississippi is racist and you're black and queer, you're like, yeah, but so like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, you there's the to thing say? of like it's unlike here. It's racist yeah. there, and it's, it's like, like buddy, this is one of my favorite jokes. When people are like, "Oh, you must be so happy to be out of Mississippi. The racism down there must be so pronounced." And I'm like, "Y'all pronounce it just fine up here." <laughs> and just the fact that they're saying it to you is just like more racism. Just like I'm sure yes. you're happy to be here, aren't you? <laughs> aren't you, black guy? Must be nice to be out of the South. <laughs> what part of Mississippi? Where in Mississippi? I'm from Jackson. So right outside of Jackson, I was uh, I was born and raised in Canton, which is 19 minutes north of Jackson. But I went to school. Everything I did happened in Jackson. So what sucks about Jackson? Oh, it is a pothole ridden. It the it Jackson's streets look like Tommy Lee Jones's face. It, it's <laughs> just so uneven that people 
would destroy their like undercarriage and their suspension of their vehicles if you drive fast in like downtown Jackson. Also, Jackson has this weird like combination problem where like at one point our mayor, oh, this is so scary and funny and sad. At one point, our Perfect. mayor used to have like, all, not the current mayor, this mayor passed away. But before he died, he had like a like a clubhouse that young men would just be in. And like, it was never talked about enough to me. Like when I was in middle school and high school, people would go to this guy who would eventually become our mayor's house. And everyone was like, why did y'all go over that old dude's house? And they're like, he's got all these video games. He's got these basketball courts. I was like, you mean bait? Like, did anything come out? Did any like accusations or anything? No, it was all like, so it was because whenever you say that about like a man trying to uplift black kids in like an urban community, people are like, you can't do anything for these kids. But then part of me is also like, yeah, but like maybe like hire a staff that like does stuff for them. Don't have them come to your house then. So wait, was the mayor, this future mayor, was he white or black? He was black. He was black, and then having uh, it was mostly black younger yeah, children. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I I see that. I you I, see. Sure, sure. So that was like a downside. Oh, one other kind of <laughs> downside now <laughs> is that Jackson doesn't have anything. Like it's a capital city that lacks like a proper mall. There's no uh, airport in like in the city. And airports a lot of times get placed right outside of cities, but like it doesn't have anything. It like anything you want to do in Jackson is technically right outside of Jackson. So, okay, so that's a more accurate thing. People would say, hey, oh, you must be glad to be out of uh, uh, Mississippi so you have a mall to go to. <laughs> that would be like a real, real. Now, okay, well, let, let's let's talk about the racism uh, specific. Was there is there something that's more uniquely racist there than it is in New York? Uh, yeah. I would say that there is a level of just acceptance from white people. White people in New York are very aware, not only of black people, but different kinds of black people. Sure. Where in the South, it's just like, number one, black. Number two, okay, so this is what I want to eat. Like, it's not... Sure, sure. Do you ever go places where, like, you feel like the fact that you're... Uh, by is more pr prominent in the way people treat you as opposed to places where you're you're black like if you go in a room where like like do you feel like people care that you're gay when you're in mississippi or are they more looking at you like you're a black man one time my boyfriend's family and i went to a water park in alabama and I would, this was like before I wore Speedos a lot, I, but I was wearing like shorter red swimming trunks. We should clarify, they now like, you wear Speedos at least every night based <laughs> on your photos. A lot of <laughs> Speedo photo shoots. You have a Speedo picture too uh, online. I have like, it was a sketch and there was a guy who asked if I would, uh, if what he would have to pay for me to send it to him. Um, I don't ever want people <laughs> to let you off the hook with stuff like that because... You have a very, I think it's like your cover photo on something. <laughs> it's true. I, I do think I have a, I've, I, 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 it's the humorous thirst trap. Like I'm like, <laughs> it's not a thirst trap because it's clearly a joke. Yes, I'm naked in it. Yes, I'm flexing as hard as I possibly can, but that's for comedic effect. There is uh so I was wearing like, 
Oh, they probably weren't even short. It's like the famous Daniel Craig like trunks. Mm-hmm. But I was wearing like red shorter swimming trunks at this water park, and my boyfriend and his sister, her husband, his dad, his dad's girlfriend, uh, his nieces and nephews, and myself, we were all at this water park, and we just were like having fun. And at one point one of the lifeguards came up to me and my boyfriend and they're like, hey, this is like a family park. And I like never tell people about it because I'm always like, how do I like address this? And what was so funny to me is I was like, yeah, tell that to like the 30 year old couple fingering each other on the lazy river. Like don't come up to me and my boyfriend who are being very respectful because we're with his family. Sure. And be like, this is a family park. And so like, that's one of the instances where, like, when you are noticeably queer, like, comes into play. So that happened in Alabama. Being bi, gay, queer in Mississippi, I haven't run into it as much because I left in, I mean, I left the South in 2015. So whenever I go back, it's for very short periods of time. So I haven't had to deal with anything crazy. I think one time I was at a gym and someone, like, looked at me and I could tell they were like trying to figure out what was going on. But then this is always the kicker. But then I was like, oh, is this bigotry or are they signaling something to me? What do you what were they signaling? What do you mean? Like uh kind of like a unofficial like what's up? Like when people kind of cruise, sometimes when southern people cruise, especially like southern redneck like country dudes, like you can't tell if they want to like beat it up or beat you up. Like it's very like That's that yeah. feels very stressful. That feels so stressful. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Have you you've seen angels in America? Yeah, when people aren't <laughs> like But like what's what's the, when do you finally get the reveal? Do you need to go, you know, behind a bush with them and that's when you find out for sure? Bushes. Where do you think this do you ever is see, the eighties? I, I go with, to the steam room. Oh uh, you sure Marco? I was with Sam Morrison and Ian Finance walked by. We were just talking about how like Ian was saying like with a gay man, you could make eye contact and like you could tell within the linger of the eye contact, like immediately like, yeah, sure. I'm interested, which is wild, which is wild to me. To you. Sure. But that seems like a much, that seems like a much safer way to assess very quickly. (laughs) In New York, that can happen. In New York, in certain clubs, that can happen. Maybe in certain neighborhoods, that can happen. But it's still not like a everywhere throughout the city thing that but can Mississippi, happen. But Mississippi, that's not, that's not. No, I mean, I've definitely seen some cuties in Walmart, but that's just like. <laughs> Is it enjoyable? Have, have you been with anyone where they're like, they're clearly very closeted or like there's, they're angry about it? Is there some, have you been there with men like that? There was one guy that I remember like hooking up with and it was like interesting because it was very like yeah bro like it was like the more kind of like yeah bro like the voice like voice placement like oh yeah like this is so nice like oh yeah this is, this is like I'm like really cool I know I'm like not really down to like top today so like you can do whatever like that sort of like energy yeah you'll meet those people throughout your gay trajectory whether you're in a relationship or not and then you'll be like oh i see what's going on here cool you know sure sure i I also think in that example like you see what's going on because they were like yeah i'm not down to top today it's like well they (laughs) seem to spell it out pretty clearly right there (laughs) those are the but the i mean 
I think that because we are starting to understand that kind of like gendered performance affects everyone in a myriad of ways, mm. that there are a lot of guys whose manliness is rooted in other people's perception of it. But the minute a door closes, they're down to be a more submissive sexual partner. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm yeah. Not like some I'm guys not like getting by beat up by their you. girlfriend's night terrors, and they sure. They come yeah, on no, a that's what I'm into. That's what I'm into, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I was gonna be like, baby, go to sleep, which sounds creepy, but it's not because I'm just jerking off from the other side of the room. Like, oh my god, um, <laughs> that's gross. All right, I want to. I very Your much want to talk about because you you are uh, and you tell me. I, I'm pretty sure you talk about these things. Uh, you're in a relationship. Yes. But you're also in a, what would you call it? A thruple. A thruple. You call yeah. it a thruple. Now, I've heard about all the ways it works, and it's great and good for fucking you. I want to hear, <laughs> I want to hear the, as as the podcast says, I, I'm, I try not to say it 10 times. In say episode. it. What are the downsides of a thruple? Because from my perspective, as, as, a, as a straight man who I feel like, in general, in general, uh, I'm with women where the, the thought of an open relationship or a you, thruple okay, is out of the question. Don't, don't take a breath, Jean-Marco, after you say, as a straight man, I'm usually with women who, like, don't... <laughs> What do you do? As a straight man who has only been with women, I the the idea. I don't think I don't know if I'll ever be in a relationship with another woman where a thruple or anything that you're doing will be even even if to bring it up would probably mean the end of the relationship. Period. So I've heard all the good things. Your life seems really great. You 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 don't count four people as an orgy. Like that's a foursome. I want to know. What are the downsides to uh, having a thruple or having an open relationship that has now become a thruple? That spill spill the shit stuff because okay, I'm jealous. So the downside is now when you go from being like in an open relationship to being like in a closed thruple. Now I do have two people's hearts, I guess, feelings that I'm responsible for. Mm. So there is a lot of emotional management on my part and everyone else's part because it's a very equilateral. Well, maybe it's isosceles, obtuse. I have a primary <laughs> partner, and then the newer partner isn't secondary, but he's newer. Um, and so, now, is he is is he cl closed with you, or is he hooking up yeah, with other people? It's everyone's closed. It's COVID. Everyone's closed. Oh, sure. But what about when it's done? It's going to reopen back up? No, 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 no. Okay, I so let me ask that. you this. Let me because I got I got some questions. So uh, uh, we can censor names after, but but Garrison, I can say Garrison, right? Yeah, you can so, say Garrison. So Garrison, uh, he and this your other partner, they they get along. Yeah. But do they have sexual relations? Yes. Without you. Yeah, that was a big part of it when I was on tour, almost like all of 2019. Yes. Are you so you are you are you the are you the center of this or is it truly <laughs> and because I just I and maybe it's just because I know you and I get it from you I just I always feel like you're the nucleus of it. And that, that's impossible for the, triangles don't have a center. If you're asking if I'm well, the they, person, they, they do have a center. Who, to be fair, Jay, I don't know what the fuck math you took. Triangles do have a center, but go ahead. Where's the center of a triangle? It's in the center of it. Oh. Really? <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying. There's no point that's a center, but go ahead. 
I mean, okay, so you just said nucleus, but nucleus is made up of neutrons and protons. Baby, you're losing and, me quick. And then there's <laughs> electrons that orbit around it. So are these partners your electrons, or is it truly even? You really, truly feel it's even? I feel like nothing can ever be even, but if I've been with Garrison for nine years, it'll be 10 years Sure. this November, and Brian is... It hasn't been that amount of time. Everything was like handled around 2019. That it was like let's no, let's like lock this down. So that that is uneven, and chronologically it's uneven. So there's no way to pretend like it won't be. But as far as like attention to detail and like the amount of like reciprocity and energy that we all attempt to give each other right now, it's pretty even, and. I like it in part because it's kind of like breaking another rule. And I get okay. two gifts. They both have amazing jobs. Oh, boy. Okay, you get two gifts. <laughs> okay, but but I think the problem is so much of society. Oh, are you thinking about like reservations at restaurants? <laughs> no, it's like table for three, table for two, which are you going to bring? But I just mean like so many elements of like, like one of the reasons, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, uh, uh, that that gay marriage was so important was because like so many systems in our government are built around marriage. I think it's shitty because I have problems with marriage, period. But yes. so many uh, infrastructures, uh, uh, the stimulus bills, you know, uh, uh, everything is based on this idea like we want you to get married. Um, and and I'm just wondering, like in this in this thruple, I feel like if I was the 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 new guy, like I would always feel secondary. I feel like if you were on your deathbed, this is where my mind always goes. If you right. were on your deathbed and only one person's allowed in the hospital room, it's gonna be Garrison. Wait a second. What? Am I dying of COVID? Well, sure. I mean, that's a possibility. Or you're dying of anything. Or if if you know if you're on life support, like who gets to pull the plug? Are they go both going to put their hand on it and do it together? Yeah, it's gonna going to be no one. I will have <laughs> my consciousness uploaded to an AI system, and I will be around forever. Oh, fantastic, fantastic! I just feel like there's so many ways to feel slighted, especially when someone's been with someone else. Uh, does do you guys do you use the word love? Are you a love? Yeah. Does Garrison love him? Yes. What if one of you wants to break up with him and the other doesn't? Oh, that is a situation that we'll have to address. But it's also very easy right now to be forthcoming and honest with a lot of our feelings because that's all you do right now. I mean, you're in a relationship right now, so it's very easy to say this is how I feel because you don't have. I don't at least I don't have like the kind of monotony or maybe like the hustle and bustle of like the world pre-COVID. So if something's kind of getting to you, for me, it's easier right now to say, oh, this is kind of getting on my nerves. Sure. Yeah, there's been a lot of crying for sure uh, in, yeah. in my relationship. <laughs> but I feel the opposite. I think it's harder to say what you feel because I'm like. Well, if I feel in a way that's going to hurt your feelings, we're stuck in this room together. <laughs> you know, we're going to see each other tomorrow night because I don't have any but like, other plans. Also, full disclosure, uh, Brian is in California right now. So one thing that is like interesting is that there's no way to like really even like be all three of us in the same room. So there's like 
this am I? Do you see what I'm getting? Like, sure. I can't, it sounds like, it sounds like, like long distance is tough enough. Let alone long distance thruple. I mean, it just gets more complex. I it's fun to me right now. I try to find the fun in it. If there was a time where I like started to get stressed out about it, it would be like, oh, like let's say I get like a huge opportunity. Let's say something. I, I'm like unbeknownst to me, I'm manifesting this. Like what? Like from a red carpet standpoint, do, like do you take? Are you taking two different people to different premieres? I would hope so. But I mean, what happens if you get? The famous Grammys are not going to give you take a picture. I think you're going to be famous, Jay. I don't think you're going to be a plus two Grammy invite famous. <laughs> you know? So you're saying like, Jay, you got to take someone to a Billboard Awards and someone else to the Grammy. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, well, you have to split it up. I just it's amazing. <laughs> it's it's just I do you not ever feel envy? Like if I was with two people like I have friends and mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm a little tired of Chris or Chris is getting on my nerves, or we're in a fight, so I'm gonna hang out with Russell. These are all real people. I should be using yes. fake names, but oh, I'm tired of this guy. I'm gonna hang out with this and guy. And I know them too. You know them too. I, and it's just, I just see the capacity of just like feeling slighted or feeling like, hey, you haven't had dinner with with me, or oh god, I don't that, know. How but you that do was it. a big part of it. So whenever I was doing like the college tours and I was out a lot, like a lot of the second half of 2019, I wanted my boyfriend to have someone he could go on dates with and i wanted my boyfriend to have someone that he could i wanted garrison to have someone that he could like see and hang out with and it was a situation that was casual at first it was very casual in the sense that like please go on a date with with, with brian like please do all this stuff so there was never any sort of like jealousy in my mind because the idea of like me getting jealous didn't help any of that. Like I wasn't gonna not do the gig. Sure. That's a mean thing. That's the thing that you do have. To, you'd be like, I'm not gonna not do this. So any sort of like jealousy that I have to wrestle with is still secondary to <laughs> my career. I'm sorry. No, I think that I think that's nice. I have a lot of uh, you know. I don't know when this will ever come out, but tomorrow is valentine's day and like it was going to be like a romantic dinner tonight but i got a headlining zoom gig at governor's and i'm like gotta go and if i had another guy it'd be like hey you two have fun yeah wait a second are you saying if you had a, if you had another person sure would you want to okay if you I was could thinking have of her behalf of having another guy i would like another another <laughs> lady if you could have a thruple if you could have Who, a thruple, let's are name you names going for MMF <laughs> or are you going MFF? No, I would I would prefer M, me as the M and mm -hmm. then two Fs. Oh, okay. Yeah, what did you think? You think this was going to be how I would like, <laughs> this is how I'd find out I'm bi? Well, if, no, you know, if I, I didn't have think a lady, it, I might as well have a man. But I didn't think it was a bi thing. I thought it was like a, like a, that's, that's your girlfriend's other boyfriend thing. Maybe that's fine, but then there'd be no three-way sex. What's what's the percentage if you guys are all in the same city? Mm -hmm. What's the percentage of sex all three of you? Yeah. What's, is it all the time or is it Yeah, that's the most fun. You all got to be in the mood. I mean, what are the odds one person's not quite in the mood and the other well, two are? This is, okay, I'm going to get into some 1990s comedy. We're all dudes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Well, look, that was great. 
I wish I had found a little more downsides. It seems okay, like the downside, life. The downside is that I'm also responsible for twice as many gifts. The downside, sure. here's something that no one says. The downside is that we are, whenever people say, like, queers are pushing a radical agenda, you have Pete Buttigieg and Chastin that say, no, we want a Norman Rockwell life sure. just like everyone else. And the downside is that I have to be like, yeah, but. Sure. You know what? It's going to be difficult. I don't know if it's going to be in our lifetimes unless they upload our consciousness. But what will be the first uh, in a thruple president? The first poly pres? First poly pres. And who's going to be the first man? That's going to be a tricky thing. Poly president? First man one, first man two. Marco, we both are of a certain age that we have seen uh, kind of unofficial agreements in the White House. There, I mean, over the past 10 years, we've established that hillary knew knows and doesn't care sure but i'm saying like but i'm saying bill didn't have two i think it is very i hope we have the first woman president and she has two guys and we have to decide (laughs) who's the first gentleman and that's a big fight and uh so if you became president who would be the first gentleman garrison Okay, now if I was the other guy, I'd say, what the fuck? I want to be the first gentleman, and my okay. feelings will get hurt. Who's the most sensitive of the three of you? Is it Garrison? Yeah. Okay. You, but you, okay, but because both of my boyfriends love you, this is a very, very funny conversation for me to have. Because they, you've met both of them. Sure. They both enjoy you. They like your comedy. They think you're funny. They think you're handsome. They think you're tall. All these Garrison, all these. He's, we, we talk a lot on Instagram. I mean, more it's, pictures from him to me. But uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I but that's that also all of my queer friends. Whenever they meet you, well, that's I'm very flattered. I feel I feel uh, uh, it's very nice to be embraced. <laughs> I, um, all right. Well, that's that's the downsides of Jay Jordan's pretty phenomenal seeming life. Yeah, the downside is that ugh, I get tired. You get the t- downside <laughs> is a refractory period. Oh my god. That's a, you get some reading done in the two minutes um, between. <laughs> um, is there a lot of, uh, this is really graphic. Feel free to Do stop. It. Is there a lot of uh, trying to all come at the same time? <laughs> Ooh, you know what the plan there usually is? And that's not a graphic question. I mean, podcasts kind of live I would in argue it's pretty now. graphic. I mean, I don't know how much more graphic we could get. Jean-Marco, there are some disgusting podcasts out there. Sure. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. You're asking if we all orgasm at the same time. You're not even asking, like, what orifice, where fluids end up. You're not asking, like... I feel like it must be so much easier for men than men and women to... To finish at the same time? To finish at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I... I have the whole thing. You're, I say, not, like, you're when, not when wrong. I'm with a woman, when a woman says like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna come," what she means is, "Oh my god, I'm gonna come." If you keep doing exactly what you're doing with unwavering speed and intensity for the next three hours, but when I say, "Oh my god, I'm gonna come," I already came. <laughs> I came a long time ago. I was trying to get a couple extra seconds in before I slip out entirely. So I just feel like if I was with a guy, there'd be a lot more like, "I'm about to come." Like that's just how it goes. <laughs> yes, that I mean. Yeah, yeah, yes. Hey, it really is, sounds like a great time. I mean, I haven't hooked up with a girl who, um, let me make sure this timeline doesn't get me in trouble. I haven't hooked up with a girl since a while, for a while. 
So in that situation, from an orgasm standpoint, I think the best thing to do, and this is my advice to heterosexuals, this sounds terrible. You just don't, don't y'all, you just have to like go down on women a lot. That's the only control, right? I lo- I just love the straight guy who's like, oh, I, need, I need advice. Who am I going to get advice from? Oh, this guy in a relationship with two guys for the last 10 years. Let's see what, <laughs> let's see what his notes are for my fucking sex life. This guy. <laughs> But, I mean, I don't understand why oral sex isn't... This I've is been eating the sound. puss since fucking 2005, 2006. I've always been a big... Because, yeah. I, you know, in the beginning, I came I came too quick. And, you yeah. know, I felt guilty. And so I just... I went down. Well, you took... We've had a private conversation where you're like... You basically take it <laughs> as a, a point of pride. We've had a private conversation. Let's make it public here. What did you say? I take it in... You've, you take it as a point of pride. You're like, no, no, no. I, I'm doing this. I'm doing it. I I used to think... I used to... Why well, I've always said this. I don't think like eating... I'm sure some people are skilled at eating pussy. But I think like eating pussy is less about skill. It's more about lack of self-worth. It's more about <laughs> just like... Are you willing to put in... Uh, sometimes an obscene amount of time where it's not comfortable. The breathing is challenging. You're you're like you need to swallow, but you know. I mean, this is the thing with women. You know that like if you're you're like this close, but if you take that moment to like clear your throat, <laughs> it's gone. All the progress. You are back to square zero, and you can hear it. You can hear you're like you're there. You're there. Oh, I'm, I'm about to die. Let me take a breath, and it's gone. You're back to the beginning. <laughs> um <laughs> all right let's let's move on this one that was the downside with jay jordan i uh we're gonna move on to uh, our next segment we don't have a music cue for it yet this is called uh uh i've got some bad news <laughs> music 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 so we've got I've, I've got some bad news where we take some uh positive seeming headlines and we find kind of the 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 downside to them first up i'm very excited about this one um i'm gonna say the title it's alex trebek wardrobe donated to homeless organization for job interviews alex trebek uh recently passed away rest in peace beloved jeopardy host uh passed away not too long ago and they donated his clothes to uh to homeless people his clothes this included 58 dress shirts 14 suits 300 neckties and all sorts of of these kinds of things let me just say my my when i heard this i thought first of all what are you going to go in that job interview it's going to be a weird uh, icebreaker. Oh, that's a nice suit. What is this? Oh, it's, you know, Alex Trebek who just died? This is his suit. This is a dead man's <laughs> clothes I'm wearing. It's, it is very Ghost of Christmas future, like Scrooge's like garments. Like It's like, this is a dead guy's clothes? Okay. Um, I hope like, they don't okay. tailor them at all. I hope like that would feel disrespectful to tailor this dead. I just think auction the clothes... Get, auction the clothes for more money. I feel like you're going to get more money from people being like, oh, I want that in my closet. Some rich motherfucker who puts and it on a sex doll or something. And the money goes to cancer research, pancreatic yeah, cancer Yeah, or research. to homeless people. But like the idea of just like, like if imagine you go to Times Square and you notice like 10 homeless guys in like these identical looking Alex Trebek suits. I just feel like it's there's a there, there's a better usage of this clothes than directly giving them away. Yeah, uh, I would answer. What is virtue signaling? Um, uh huh. <laughs> also, Jean Marco, 
the timeline for this sucks because you're saying, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let's give these homeless individuals Alex Trebek's suits so they can interview at places that are either on a hiring freeze or that aren't doing jobs in the office right now. Sure. Just give the tops. You don't need to give any of the pants. <laughs> Auction away the pants. They're of no use right now. Yeah, give these homeless people computers. Computers and Wi-Fi, not Alex Trebek suits. And I, it made me think, though, like, you know, you can do it with Alex Trebek because his wardrobe was very much like business, business leaning. But like, I think it'd be funny if you know, is this what they did when Prince died? And they're like, <laughs> Prince's estate has donated 5,000 scarves to homeless people. And you oh walk goodness. around just yeah, every homeless person has a thousand dollars scarf. The ass out <laughs> pants. Headline. Number two, we got, we'll see if there's anything sad in this one. Woman donates kidney to 22 months old Minnesota toddler she has never met. First of all, very strange headline. The idea that if she had met the toddler, like she could be like, okay, but what are you going to do with this kidney? Like, where do you see your life going, 22 month year old toddler? Like that would persuade her to do the good deed. If you're giving your kidney to a toddler, you're probably a pretty nice person to begin with. What would you do if Garrison came back and said, hey, I saw this story about a toddler with a missing kidney. I'm going to give one of my kidneys to them. What would you I say? Would, I would, well, he's Irish, so I'd be like, thank God it's not your liver. Um, <laughs> well, that's a big kidney for a little kid. That is that I had the same thought. I was like. What is this gigantic kidney inside this kid? Maybe it's sticking out over yeah. the Yeah. My argument is that if Planned Parenthood has all these baby parts lying around, they can't give one of the baby kidneys to the baby? Maybe, you know, but that's the problem with all these things is that you can't even do the good deed because then they say you're selling baby parts. And I'm like, fucking good. If the baby's dead, sell those parts. Yeah. If fucking the I feel like you can salvage cars for stuff. Sure. I, I think that's the whole thing is that the pro-life people don't look at babies as car pieces. And maybe well, they should, though. Some cars are really good. What would you give of your body to a 22-month-old you've never met? Um, oh, God. <laughs> um, if the, if, okay, if the baby had alopecia, I would give it some of my afro. That's nice. Yeah, but like, like you just you get a haircut and you'd be like, yeah, you can sweep up the floor yeah, and give yeah, it to yeah. them. You can glue that toupee to that baby's head. No, um, a ba t do twenty two month old babies? I have a question. We all have two kidneys. Yes. So is the other baby? Is the other kidney on the baby not functioning either? So you want to know statistically, like. Well, is this kidney really going to help this baby? Yeah, or is this baby on I the don't way out like it with? when I find out things like this sometimes because I go, well, what, like, what was going on? Like, what was this a GoFundMe? There's just a lot of questions I have. You're like, uh, was the baby a smoker? I mean, like, is the baby living a life that makes it worth it them getting It says the baby kidney? was on dialysis and it was unable to walk, eat, or talk. I just think like it's wild because I could go on Facebook and find a thousand human tragedies that sure I could upend my life <laughs> to donate to them. I When I see these stories, I go, oh, am I a piece of shit? No, you're just, I don't think you're a piece of shit. I think that 
right now, that woman had to be in the best place to give away that kidney. That woman, I mean, everything has to be going great for her in the middle of a pandemic. And like, I guess like economic upheaval, racial reckoning, like everything has happened over the past 12 months for her to be like, I could do more. I think when a kid's that young, like she's, you don't know what if that kid grows up to be a fucking serial killer. Oh no! Or just it's just like a total bitch. Or what if that kidney influences the trajectory of that kid? Sure, that's that's a good. Now, are you a uh, organ donor? I am. I was in Mississippi. I don't know if I still am on my New York license. Yeah, you can take it off. I didn't have it for a little, even though I believed in it wholeheartedly. It was just like it was upsetting to think about it's the one harvesting. Of those yeah, it's just one of those things you have to like go like, okay, when I die, I'm not going to care. And I think of it in a different way where I'm like, oh, my eyes will live on in a little girl's face. And in that way, my life will be extended. Like I try to think of it in a religious way. Oh, I don't. I mean, I, I would always hear that the biggest fear against organ organ donor ship on your license is that then they they'll like try a little bit less to resuscitate you in a situation that's so they're like a uh, quick before you give the electroshock wait 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 check the license oh <laughs> we really could use a heart all right that's what that's Let's what people it. that's like the rumor like the myth around it and a lot of like oh, social that's media very upsetting. circles I, I, one of my favorite Anthony Jeselnik's jokes is like, uh, he's like, my grandma died in the worst way possible uh, during an autopsy. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus Christ. I watched a video of, of the beginning of an autopsy once and I was like, this is, this is not something human beings should see. Why would, what kind of you never smut? You never go on the internet and you like, there, there's a, it's a, it's a website called Live Link, uh, Live, what is it called? Live leak. Live I've leak. Never, I've never gotten to that corner of the internet. It's like, it's it's like the violent, like, you, you remember, you, you watched the documentary Don't Fuck With Cats? Yeah. Like, I had seen that video of that person who murdered the person because that was like, you know, that was on the internet. And, or like, you know, ISIS videos. You've been through it, Jean-Marc. Did you ever watch the ISIS, the Foley video? No. You're, you're... There were, oh, there's this one very upsetting. It was this very attractive woman. She was topless. She was clearly drunk. She's like leaning out of a window like, yeah, and you know something bad's about to happen. And of yeah. course she like uh, hits a, you know, a, a light pole or something and like immediately dies. <laughs> it oh, fucks you up no. forever. There, there are these positions at Facebook because they have to hire people who uh, take down violent videos and stuff. And these people are having severe PTSD and trauma and their lives are just, you watch Yu Yu Hakusho, right? This I is do. very nerdy. You know how there there was that one thing where there was like this VHS tape. This is this is how like you can't. It's so dated that show. But this VHS tape that showed all of humanity's crimes on it, and it's like if you watched it, you became evil because you hated yeah. humanity so much. Like that is what the internet is. Yes, I, I know the tape. 
and apparently you've seen it. Like I, I, I uh, we have now reduced this podcast to truly the most niche audience of ten people. <laughs> All right, let's go on to our next Anim- Okay, but Jean Marco, as a person who is TikTok famous, you know people love anime on the internet. That is true. That is true. I'm not hooked into them yet. Every time I make a Dragon Ball Z joke, I have to pray that you retweet it because otherwise it just dies amongst on my the- comedian actor friends. Oh, yeah. That's because you also, like, you're, like, a secret anime fan? Yes, yes. Well, I don't I don't watch it anymore because it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time, and I didn't like the new Dragon Ball, and Crunchyroll has 10,000 commercials. So I, I, I'm going to get back into it one day. All right, let's— So that's the downside of being an anime fan. Downside of being an anime fan. Next up, we got TikTok singer. Uh, Her name is Amy Hawkins, 110 years old, becomes a viral sensation. So this is a woman, I believe it's her granddaughter, started posting videos on TikTok of her singing. And now she's getting more views than me. And (laughs) watch the videos. But let's just say the fact that she's 110 is pulling a lot of the weight (laughs) on the virality of these videos. You know, this is no Mariah Carey going on. This is a woman that you're just amazed. You're kind of half amazed that she can still breathe, let alone uh, sing. And uh, I just think getting famous at that late of an age, like imagine you go to visit your grandma. She's like, fucking thank God you're here. We got to make a new video. The fans have been (laughs) clamoring. This one person commented that I sucked. Like that's just, I pray that if I make it to that age, I have like left social media behind. Or... Or you're hyper aware of the ridiculousness of your place on social media. Yes. You don't want to be old and earnest on TikTok. Well, what's what's her biggest. name? Oh, who's on? Uh, is it Diane Warwick? D- yeah. Uh, yes, 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 yes. On Twitter. And she's like, what's pretty amazing is like, she seems to understand the language of Twitter or just like just just the nature of it. So well, because well. I think it's because she, it's her and she, maybe she has someone dictated into a phone, but it's definitely her saying, I don't want to do this. Send that. And it's to me, there's an irreverence there that people appreciate yes larry king was the same way he apparently he would leave voicemails to a phone saying what he wanted his twitter account to tweet and it would always end with hashtag my two cents (laughs) (laughs) i'm down with that but if someone's like oh okay this story isn't great because it's a 101 year old british woman so she's seen a lot of bad stuff sure sure I'd love her for to mix the TikTok with just like fucking Nazi stories. Yeah, You're just like, oh, I want to hear she's singing like uh, car. You know what's what's the song everyone's singing right now? Radio car driver's license. <laughs> driver's license. She's singing like driver's license. Ooh, 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 driver's license. And then next is like, and then the Nazis <laughs> broke down the door, and I had to I had to say they're down there in the basement, and they took them all away. <laughs> No, <laughs> and it's like a million views, a million likes on the driver's license, three views on her story about living in World War Two. But in the, I mean, like this person's fame is only enjoyed by their grand, grand and great grandchildren. She's got more views than my last joke. I checked this morning. But 
okay and i hate that for you i hate that you have to experience it that way because you're very i think you're very efficient and good mm -hmm. and tuned into tiktok but she doesn't enjoy this john marco sure you sure. know who enjoys it the person's like my grandma is doing amazing it's like no you're doing amazing you're curating this well that's why i'm worried i think like you the, the, you need like a, i've always said like if i have a baby if I ever, you know, some kind of terrible accident occurs, and I have a child, that like that's the downside of heterosexuality. For exactly. You. But if I do, I sag. I worry sag is going to knock on my door and say, "Sir, you released ten TikToks of your baby this morning. We we are stepping in for the baby's behalf. You are sag, not child protective services. You go full entertainment <laughs> industry." <laughs> i i we have a lot of friends we're comedians and like we make a lot of content and i have friends where i'm like all right that's a lot of baby videos oh you know, are you reading have, any books where you're not filming it there were people who i'll take it one step before the baby there are a lot of people who uh i'm happy that they're happy and in relationships but sometimes you're like, who who said this was who said this was the plan? And there's one couple that I won't get into. I don't know if they've broken up or not. I thought I I think uh, they broke yes. up. Well, Sam Morell famously she he was with uh, Taylor Tomlinson, and they had a podcast where they each watched like another's favorite movie, and either like masculine movie, feminine movie. And I thought it was a really good podcast, and it stopped suddenly. And I'm just like, mm, I know why. I know, and I heard a rumor they broke up. I don't know any of these things officially, but I'm pretty sure. And it's like that's the danger. I have been in two web series that did not get released because during the editing process, the couple that made it broke up, and they couldn't decide who got custody of the series. And like, I couldn't even get the footage. And it was so funny, I reached out to the guy and he was like, uh, she has the footage. And I went to her and she said, he said, I have the footage? Fucking bullshit, what a fucking, and I'm like, has, I'm back home, I'm, I'm back sorry. in my childhood of divorced parents. It's just insane. It's insane, it's so dangerous. Uh, I will say that, Whenever I see those videos, and I, and Garrison's in one of my more popular TikTok videos, and he'll be in another one, probably. But it is like, it is interesting if you ever see someone just kind of like go away. Uh, so, like, that's what I think, sadly, with this 101-year-old woman, that will happen one day. And, so, and then does the grandkid say, now she's gone. But before she passed away, we saved a couple of things. We have a couple of things in the drafts. Oh my god! On TikTok, she's just right? like Tupac. Herman it's Cain's like Tupac Twitter account still works. <laughs> she's still releasing singles ten years after her death. Well, that's the thing is like she'll be like, "Fuck, my grandma died," but she had you know half a million followers. I don't want to put this account to waste. Um, someone offered, <laughs> someone reached out to me on Instagram and they want to buy my TikTok account just because it has followers and they offered like $800 and I was so offended. Yeah. I was so offended. I'm looking at Jean-Marco's, your TikTok numbers right now. You should definitely have, did you ask them to go higher? Yeah. And they went up to like 1200. I mean, I wouldn't sell it. It would have to be like 
insane. Only because, you know, this is my... But let me tell you, I'm going to do a collab with this 110-year-old woman. We're going <laughs> to sing. We're going to sing some kind of duet. You and do I, like older women. You know, I like slightly older women. I had the, you know, I, I do these shows. I, I make jokes. I like older women. Some guys like being called daddy in the bedroom. I prefer son. And like, then what happens after shows is like some 50-year-old woman brings her husband over and says, I want a picture with you. He'll take it. And she'll like, you know, do it. Th it's the kind of thing where I'm like, oh, I meant like, I like a couple years older than me. <laughs> not, not you. Not, I'm not, I don't want to make love to you in front of this. I think it's from porn. It's like, I've always said, like, I used to think I was into like MILFs because I watch a lot of MILF porn. And I was like, no, I'm just really into 19 year olds. Because in porn, they're all 19. In porn, we don't like, you don't like MILFs. Do you like people who, who like have poor decision making skills? Yes, yes. I man, I I miss the days. There's this this porn. It was called Milf Hunter. One of the first ones I saw, it. and it was filmed like on a camcorder. And it was a guy just like walking to a grocery store. I, he it, meets a was hot it Bang mom. Bros? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Bang Bros bought it, but it was like this schlubby looking guy. And the whole thing was it was filmed realistically, so only one camera angle. And it really seemed like he went up to a woman. <laughs> And not with not that much charm was like, hey, you want to go back to my place? And she was like, sure. And I was like, holy fuck, adulthood looks fucking <laughs> awesome. You just go up to people. And this does seem to be what your life seems to be. But you get to go up to people and be like, hey, you want to fuck? And they're like, uh, yeah, let's go back to your place. Um, all right. Well, that was I've got some bad news. Now we get on to my next segment. This is my favorite and is probably going to uh, 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 eat all the other segments eventually. This is this has got to stop. What's got to stop, Jay? This has got to stop. We are 11 months into it. You know, your nose is out. You know your nose is out. You're not wearing glasses. There are no extenuating circumstances. I am tired of seeing people's noses. The pandemic has turned me into a racist. I don't want to have to see another black person's nose. I don't want to have to see another prominent ethnic white person's nose. I'm sick of seeing noses. <laughs> this Wait, has got to stop. Are you You're an adult. It's just you know your nose is out. You're not a child. I can't steal it from you and make you think it's gone. This has got to stop. Come on. I wonder if people think in them, their minds, they're like, well, I'm breathing through my mouth mostly. They're not, though, because culturally we have a term that we use as a pejorative that is mouth breather. So people and because people are generally like you, you took theater. There's a lot of jaw tension. There's sure. a lot of jaw clenching. People don't primarily breathe through their mouths. Like anytime you have space in your mouth, I can usually tell you're a trained performer that knows how to like relax. So these people are breathing mostly through their noses and then they <laughs> take their noses out and put them up over their masks. It's a very, very time-capsulized complaint, but I hate it. It makes me so mad. If your nose is out, just pull it down to the chin at that point. Well, that's my thing. I'm like, I see people, I see a lot of people where the mask is hanging down. I'm like, then why is it here? Then you know what? If you don't want to wear the mask, fucking own it. Walk yeah. around with no mask, and I'll I'll treat you accordingly. But it's just like you're so close. You're so close to I being a good there are person. People who have noses out sometimes in the gym on the train. If your nose is out and we're outside, I'll be like, I'll give you a little bit more space, even though you look stupid. 
when the nose is out on the train or when like the train platform is treated like it's outside, I just, I get mad. Well, I get frustrated because there's all this advertising on the subway, little cartoons that are like, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is right. And I always see it and I'm like, it's something deeper than that. No one needs that cartoon. I don't need it. I know. Those other people aren't seeing it and changing their behavior. So clearly that's not doing it. So what do you do? Because I see the people with it down and I, it's like, it's almost hard to tell them because it's, 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 you know, it's not even like a, your flies unzipped. It's like so basic. You want to be like, hey, what are you doing? Because do you do the signal? Do you like, because fly unzipped a lot of times it's like, hey, like, do you, do you go? Because they must know. That's the yes. thing. They have to know. Have you ever told anyone? Have you ever told yes. a stranger? What did you I've, say? I've told people and I've told on people. I've snitched. I've, to who? To I've the been in the gym. Oh, I've the been gym. in okay. the gym. And someone asked me if I was going to, like, how many sets I had left on incline bench. And I was like, oh, man, your mask fell. Like, pull up a little bit. I just made it seem like they were dumb. I said, your mask fell down a little bit. Pull up. Oh, that's and a good he like, strategy. He had to be like, what? And I was like, your mask came down. And do they and fix it, it or do they go in like... front of me? And then there was another time when I was training at a gym and someone didn't have their mask all the way up. Like the nose was exposed. And so I told the person who was like on duty, like the boss of the gym where I was training clients, I was like, they're not wearing their mask correctly. Do you want me to adjust them do you want me to tell them or do you want to do it like basically passively aggressively sure. saying this is your space we pay rent to you either you become confrontational mm. or i will because i don't want to have to deal with it that's a good point well that's why they said on they, they said on the subways they're like we're gonna make people wear masks and it was just like people masturbate on these trains that's can't <laughs> that's definitely not allowed they just well, right now would you rather right now if you saw a person who was, and we'd say this with a whole bunch of prefaces, someone who uh, should not be masturbating, but wearing their mask correctly. Would you rather see someone's mouth and nose right now, Gianmarco Ceresi, or someone's penis on the train? My only fear with masturbating is it like <laughs> the cum getting on me. But the act itself, yes, I'd rather have someone jerking it. If they were jerking it, but like, you know, slow. So they were just savoring it for themselves and they weren't like trying to climax. I would rather have that than no mask. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. My this has got to stop. I, uh, I've gotten a couple of these, but, but this has got to stop. People I don't know pitching me jokes. I have yet to receive any good joke. This is the joke I received last night. I want to read it verbatim. It doesn't fully make sense, but I think I can break it down really quick. This is I have no idea what this guy's name is, uh, who he is, where he knows me from. His Facebook picture is of a dog. It well, says, that tells me a lot. I have this joke that you may want, and then he clarifies, for free, for free. Something like, so also, whenever they pitch a joke, it's never fully worded. It's an idea that they want me to fine-tune. So this is it. It goes, uh, remember when we were kids and didn't know how to curse and we'd say blank or blank? <laughs> and now when I hear butt munch, my eyes get big and I look around with excitement to see whose face I'm going to sit on. 
First of all, whenever people pitch you jokes, there's one thing you can know for sure. It's either going to be hypersexual or very racist. Yes. Because that's like people understand they're like, oh, this is offensive. So they're like, that must be a joke. And what he, what those blanks is what he meant to say. Those blanks were like, you remember when you were a kid and you did like childish name calling. So I, I interrogated him and he, he gave me examples like titty face or poopy head. So no one titty is the bad word sure that's I, so what he was trying to say and i mean i i'm 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 taking a little uh, artistic license was basically hey remember when we were kids and we called each other like butt muncher and butt muncher back then it meant you know your your butt was eating your underwear you had like a wedgie so remember when we called each other butt muncher and that was like an insult and now when i hear butt muncher i'm like ooh someone's going to eat my asshole so it's kind of like it's not it's more of a, a a weird point. I guess it makes sense. It's like the idea that when you were a kid, you thought of sex things as an insult, and now you're so horny. At least in his example, his eyes got wide, and he's like, whose face am I going to sit on? Yeah, and we're at the point where, like, eating ass has reached kind of, like, critical mass joke-wise. So much eat. I mean, I have, I have my eating ass. It's more about me not eating ass. Yeah. Than anything else. Because there is a thing where I'm like, I don't buy this many people are eating ass. I just don't yes. buy it. Are you are you asking? I'm not going to help with the defense of that, though, because I know a lot of people who do. So much so that to me now, as a millennial, we're the same age group. If someone in our age group like makes it a point to make that like a celebratory thing, I know you and me in the green room are going to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, my thing is that, first of all, eating ass, that, that would be a lot. I'd have to be really fucked up to like, not to do that. I would love to have my ass eaten, but I would never <laughs> do that to someone I, I love or admire, you know, like, cause yeah, it feels, I know it feels good. I've used a bidet, but not a bidet with eyes and a soul. Like I would let an enemy eat my ass. I would let I would let Adolf Hitler eat my ass. Like you know. No, you wouldn't. I would let Hitler eat my ass. Absolutely. No, you wouldn't. I'd be like, no, I you get stand the gas chamber. Firmly against this premise. No matter how hypothetical. I would let it Hitler is. eat my ass. I no. Would, I would absolutely. Why do you give him? He's not Denmark. enjoying it. Get okay, but there are. <laughs> Lord, yes, if Hitler was smiling, if Hitler was like, please, I'd say, okay, never mind, Hitler. You've ruined it. You've ruined the whole thing, Adolf. You're supposed to not like it. That's the one thing he did bad. Yeah, you're right. Um. <laughs> this is the worst thing you've ever done. No, I'm sure his mustache would tickle the taint a little. It would be like a fun. <laughs> I think that you don't want an enemy to eat your ass just like you don't want an enemy to suck your dick. They still have teeth, Jean-Marco. What are they, they going to... There's nothing to bite off. They'd have to get really deep in there to, like, take a bite. You don't... You... Okay, this is what I'm going to... And I'm glad... So glad that we got here from Butt Muncher hypothetical joke. You should, as a straight guy, you're, you're new... Like, that's the new thing. Guys are like, oh, yeah, I love... I like having my ass eaten. And the response to that from a lot of straight women is like, I'm not going to eat his ass. And then there was a counter movement to people being like, we're all eating ass. I think it's your job to be like, that's just one 
part of like the sexual map that like people are more comfortable playing with right now and that's all it is to me like it's not that map that's north korea on this map this sexual map and i'm like what? you have you a dmz you have a demilitarized zone <laughs> i have not have a ens i don't think i've ens yet that's the answer of someone i know that has no i've had it was one woman it was i was in europe and she she went down to me. No, this is to me. She went down to me, and then she kept going down. And I was on my back. I was on my back. And suddenly, <laughs> legs I'm doing, akimbo. I'm doing legs akimbo. And like, let me tell you, if I cared about this person even one drop, I would say no, don't do that. But I I hated her. I hated her. And I said, you know what? If you want to do this, fine. No. <laughs> And it, you know, you know where it was. This is gross. It was in a Holland? hostel. It was in a bathroom. It was in a hostel, a hostel bathroom that I brought my blanket and put it on the cold floor. And this was like she, we had been flirting all night. Jean Marshall, like that is okay. I am. <laughs> this is some seedy, <laughs> sketchy international hostel sex that she I was, did not she expect was to hear I think about. We were from in, you. She was French. I think we were in uh, Sicily, and it was one of these where like we had been flirting, but she just wanted to dance all night. And so we got back at like five in the morning, and and. Uh, we've been dancing like dancing in a way where like i was like getting like aroused and then like oh, okay we're we're done you want to go back no not oh, more dancing okay so i'd been hard than soft then hard than soft then hard than soft first a dozen times so by the time we got back my dick was done my dick was done this is very graphic but i think i i don't know if you ever noticed like if i've ever like <laughs> if are I've, you like, telling me about what it's like to hook up with you no no i was saying like if i have been like if we've been in a position this is why i don't like like grinding for three hours if i've been hard for like an extended period of time or if there's been like blue balls and then eventually later we have sex the the kind of it's i, I don't really have an orgasm i have like a <laughs> like it's just like a okay we've been ready to go we've been locked and loaded for so long the 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 gas has run out it's a <laughs> it dribbles out <laughs> I have like I have I'm the opposite not in the sense that I like a long tantric build up to things I am very much you know what I do in those situations one time this is like I'll because you bared your soul all and other stuff I'll <laughs> one time there was like a person that I'd been like making eyes with for the entire night and then you finally like dance together for a while and then nothing I like the idea of like leaving and then like you give them on Fire Island, you can like tell them what house you're staying at because it's not the Pines is not that big. And then you finally meet back up to me like I like that. But you're describing something slightly When you meet different. back up, is it just like, boom, hey, yeah, it's like bam. up against the wall. Oh. Of the house. oh, man. God. Well, that was, uh, this has got to stop. Now we're on the final <laughs> section. I do have a music cue for this one. This is not fully finished, but uh, let's let's see if this is the right button. You better count your blessing. You better count your blessing. This is the one time of the podcast where I, uh, I get a little soft. I get a little nice. And we look at one upside. This is one blessing. Jay, do you have one blessing that you want to share with the pod? Uh Oh, yeah. We didn't have 
a crazy cold and flu season this year. Mm, yes. That's something that I didn't really register until I was like, I didn't get sick. Knock on wood. I didn't get sick. Like, and it should have happened. Did you I'm get a flu in shot? New York, so it, yeah, I did get a flu shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I that's the thing shot. is like, you know, sometimes they talk about like, when is it going to be safe back from COVID? And it'd be like, well, you know, 2022, you can be in a movie theater without a mask. But the thing is like, there's a lot of uh, virologists, virologists who during flu season would be like, you shouldn't go to a movie theater without a mask. And so like, I guess the flu probably really didn't stand a chance with just, you know, the somewhat social distancing mask that we've been doing. Um, it's crazy to think that we normally don't, that we normally would be in comedy clubs packed with tourists. I was, I, March 5th, I was at a Celine Dion concert at the Barclay Center. Oh my that, do God, you, that's wild. That's, I looked at the pictures today, looked at the date, like on the 13th of February today, I was in like a sold out show at the Bell House. I feel like I'm bragging at this point, but there are... <laughs> There are moments where I'm like, I still didn't. Yeah. What's wrong with me? What? Of course. What? Of course. <laughs> Come on. Everyone got everyone booked it except for me. Cool. Yeah. Good for them. I, I still I'm still amazed. I mean, there's part of me that and then lots of people say this. So that's why I'm like, well, I shouldn't trust it where I'm like, I must have had it. I must have at some point and just been asymptomatic. Like, it's just so hard for me to believe that nothing occurred. I did a you're, show. You're a dirty dog. You're I'm a dirty dope. dog. My last show, it was, it was, uh, I canceled. Uh, it was March 15th or 13th. I canceled going to Atlantic City to do two headlining gigs. Um, Cause people like, you know, there's starting to be Facebook posts of like, guys, we should stop doing shows. Stand-up comedians, we've always been the leaders of morality in the world. Let's really take the charge. And uh, I did. I canceled it. So my last show, I, I was at I was at Blink Fitness because I heard the gyms might close. So I was getting like one in last gym workout. Someone wrote me. They said we're doing a show at Harlem Shake, which is a it's a it's a uh, uh, upscale fast food restaurant. You can say what it is. It is. It's like. It's like Black Shake Shack is what they market it as. Oh, yeah. Sure. Black Shake Shack. And it's not the show that I would normally like leave my last workout for. But I was like, hey, maybe people are right and stand up will be dead. And that ended up being the last show I did. I was in shorts, sweaty tank top. And that was the last show I did for fucking three months. Oh, I have like a different story. My last show was... Uh... I feel like my last show was like at the Jane. It was like a big show. It like Dulce Sloan was on it, Bo and Yang was on it, and like Comedy Central people were there. And I got to close and I felt so good. I had like an amazing time. And it's still very sad because you're like, man, I crushed it. Sure. Some people, some like important people saw all of my new stuff. You like, I was, oh my God, it was when I was so it was, it was the best. But it was still one of those things where, like, you look back on it, you go, oh, my God, yeah, nothing. If I had known what was happening, I would have blown the light so much. Oh, like, you Ed, probably I mean, had to I'm gonna respect the, the light. I'm going to make the joke I can make. At Harlem Shake, are you sure other people didn't? Sure, come sure. On come, <laughs> come on now. Come on now. Anyone who listens, if you ever do an uptown show in New York as a comedian or as an audience member, just plan your night accordingly. Well, let me ask you, well, okay, first of all, 
I always feel weird, you know, uh, people say urban shows to mean black, black shows. shows. And I feel like urban shows feels like more offensive. It's one of those things where I'm like, just say the thing you're saying. Black? Where like with black shows or urban shows, uh, there is a thing where if you don't do a lot of urban shows, you show up on time. <laughs> And you're like, well, and let like me they be specific. The if room you yet. showed up on time for the show at the upscale fast food restaurant, that's on you. Get some fries. <laughs> get something to eat. I I had though like it was me and my friend uh, uh, Jay Schmidt, and uh, we were running a show with Joe Hill. And they would all be fine with me saying this, but Joe Hill, I would say, runs a lot of black shows, and it was at the Brooklyn House of Comedy which I would describe as a, a, a black club. And yeah. like Jay invited his like older, like his friend's parents, like all white, older, and they showed up on time <laughs> at like 7 p.m. sharp. There's and a invite- tweet that says, if you show up on time to a black event, that means you are going to help set up. <laughs> and, he, and again, it's like, it's so hard. I'm not saying, uh, you know, it's one of these things where I'm not saying black people. I'm saying like uh, a kind of comedy show that you just know it when you see the flyer. <laughs> when you see the if flyer, it, you yeah, know. Yeah, was trying to say if everyone on the show has nicknames, you can show up a little late. If there's three comedians who their name includes the word comedian <laughs> in it, <laughs> you can be late. <laughs> and I mean, I've listened. The, I think CPT stands for color people time but also comedy people time that's that's a note in general sure. in mass for comedy but also like queer comedy is like that too sometimes just know you if you need to use a bathroom before you go see a comedy show go ahead and use a bathroom at your house sure if there's if there's a picture of the dj on the flyer <laughs> <laughs> you can be late <laughs> God, there's a promo code. Um, I'm just very. I'm. <laughs> I like. I think that because you and I are close enough that I know exactly where that was headed. But then there's also like, I mean, there're gonna be people that are like, I can't believe John Marco saying that. But like, it's true. Like I'm saying that as a black person, as a comedian, as a queer person. Like my friend used to run a queer show. He's a black person that does comedy. And we had to deal with drag queens. You want to talk late? You want to talk about late? Oh, drag, drag, drag. Late? Oh, my God. Well, that's, I just think it's, I mean, my that's my thing with the, the whole black room, urban room, where it's just like, I always feel nervous. Anyone in comedy knows, like, that this is a term that's used and it like it's a kind of show, but it's always stressful outside where, like, I could totally see from an outside perspective being like, what are you saying? It's it's you know it's like it's like if I said like you know I I I went to a, a black gym and it's just like what the fuck does that what, mean? D- you said blank what on one sixteen? <laughs> I mean, <it's- laughs> um, well, I certainly I feel safe if I post any clips for that particular part. I'll make sure that you are in the frame, nodding in approval, yeah, giving me gotta, a, an active. Yeah, stop this is okay, making God. black jokes in vacuums, white comedians. Sure. Well, there are certain jokes about. I wouldn't call them. They're, they're jokes involving race, where like it totally changes. If it's an all white audience, I'm like, I don't want to do this joke here because it feels different. 
Oh, it yeah. feels it feels like we're sharing like a naughty secret between white people. Where like if I'm doing it in a diverse room or an all black room, I'm like, yeah. oh, it feels like I'm not like hiding anything. I'm making a joke with everyone here. But that's well, that's part of the struggle with I think like delicate topics. But that's also part of white allyship as a performance because sure. if if you said something truly fucked up. What would happen is someone be like, don't say that shit, that's fucked up. But if someone's like, I can't laugh at that. Yeah. Then that's when I go, well, what? Wait a second. Why not? Sure. You, 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 I mean, I've seen it before where like, if there's like an all white audience and two black people in the audience, like the white people look at the black people to be like, is this okay to laugh at? Do, are, are they laughing? Okay. Then this is okay. I, I, I heard it was a comedian and she talked about it on stage. She did in a funny way. What's her name? She's British. She's black. Jeannie Yesterday? Yes. Jeannie Ashray, and she said she was doing a joke where she did a, a very heavy Chinese accent. And, like, you know, you could see people going, like, mm, I don't, we don't, we can't do Chinese accents anymore. And she said, like, kind of like a fuck you. I did that room, I did that joke in China. And she basically was saying, if you're willing, you know, uh, a joke. You have to be willing to do a joke. If you're doing a it, joke about a specific subsect of people, you would do it in a room of just that people and you. That's that because because you don't feel like you're being hateful or you're doing an inclusive. Now, again, I don't think that is like I don't think I can be on Barbara Walters and be like, well, you know, I did that room at uh, Harlem Nights. And, <laughs> and, I, and I but like. But that, that is the feeling where you're, where, you know, when people go like, oh, can you say that? It's like, fuck you. You don't even go to Harlem, you fucking piece of shit. There's uh, so much. I, I love your uh, coming out of anesthesia Kanye joke, if that's what I you're I love that about. joke. But, like, I know a bazillion percent that if it's an all-white room, I will not do that joke because it dies. It dies. And, you know, then all of a sudden, like, you're like, it's like a version of, hey, I have black friends. Like, I've had black audience members, and they <laughs> like that joke. They said that joke's okay. <laughs> so, all right. So that was yours. Uh, my blessing. Um, I guess I'll, ha I'll say that uh, my friend Douglas Goodhart, uh, he composed uh, this music. Um, he has some other stings that are going to be in future episodes. And you know what? When you create something, when you create something new, there is a long phase where it's just like, it just feels like you're lying. You have nothing to show. You don't know what you're doing. It's it's all a castle in the clouds that you're spending money on. And I'm buying equipment. You buy equipment. How many people have bought podcast equipment that gets used twice and gets put away? So it's all very scary. It's all very like you feel like an idiot. You're creating something that no one needs. And you're, you're going to create that need or you're going to create that addiction. And... Uh, uh, it's it's very nice to have uh, a musically talented friend who's willing to put something together. Uh, we didn't discuss money, so I'm like waiting. Maybe a Venmo charge is coming my way, but I think he might have been d done it for free, or maybe I'm saying it now, so he will. And uh, it's it's very sweet. It sounds good. It sounds good, and like especially for like beginning podcasts, it's like already miles ahead of most comedians' first podcast. It's better than established podcast section music. <laughs> um, yeah, what? Joe Rogan. We what does Joe Rogan have? It's just like, this is the Joe Rogan experience. Fuck you. <laughs> With the chimpanzee sound. With the chimpanzee sound. 
Um, well, Jay, I am I, also very thankful for Jay. Jay, this is not the first podcast idea Jay has indulged me on, and I'm sure I'll release that other episode as like a special Patreon, my my short-lived theater kid podcast. <laughs> we broke. Do you know? Okay, everyone who's listening, understand this is how much I love and respect and trust mm. Jean Marco. We we recorded that last summer, so summer of 2020, early oh before God. I moved apartments. Uh-huh. Um. And he was the first non like boyfriend I let in my home after COVID. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Was, I remember the first time we saw each other outside, and we were outside wearing masks, and we were still like six feet apart because you know we were just we were living yeah, that hyper cautious life. Talking, it, if a, if anyone would have seen us in Marcus Garvey Park, they would have been like, "Well, those gay guys just get it over with." <laughs> we were like circling <laughs> yeah just like uh you know i now i don't normally do this to quote your to quote your joke oh my god um well jay i i appreciate you but otherwise everyone listening remember that uh um every piece of joy you feel is always at the expense of someone else's so thank you so much tuning in the downside we'll be back soon let's let's hit this those good heart music peace one two three Downside. You're listening to The Downside, the Downside. with John Marco Cerezi.